Welcome back, listeners. We have a treat for you today. We're talking micro pigs, drunken monkeys, football managers, and Mad Booker prizes. Royal Rumble '96. What's the matter at Villa? And a hundred thousand pound fish tank. Come on. And welcome back to the Fantasy Football Hangover. This is our twentieth uh, episode of season two. Wow! It's as if we were never away. I know, right? And uh, but someone is away this week. I know. You may notice you've heard Will's lovely voice. Hello, Will. Hello, Richard. And if I say hello, Rob. Oh, eerie silence. Silence. Should never have silence on a podcast. No, so sorry about that. Listeners. We won't ask Rob any more questions. No, um, he just ain't here. Direct them in form of a. Tweet, Instagram post, or Facebook. Pigeon. Yeah, letter. get in touch. Letter. Um, We've got so a letter coming up. We have got a letter. A very exciting letter a bit later in the show. So we will be looking at a few things this week. We'll have our usual 6 and 60 tips. We're going to do a best of worst of investigating the strange world of footballers' pets. Um, we'll have a bit of correspondence from you, dear listeners. Uh, we'll have our toddler captain tips again. Yes. Say that properly. Toddler captain tips. It's a mouthful. Um... And yeah, just a little roundup of our leagues and I look forward to the quite unusual game week 26. Yeah, winter break. Ooh. Yeah, I don't it's know how It's new and different. That. It's like being in Scotland. But not really, because there's no break yeah. for us, the fans. And there's no wives stalking their husbands with a private detective. Did you oh, see what that? Was that? No, what was that? Oh, we'll get into that. Okay, well, let's start with 6 and 60. Okay, go Will. Right, Jordan Henderson first off. If you don't have three Liverpool players, then he is a great option to bring in. 5.4 million, two goals and two assists in the last two games. And Norwich next. Next up, Troy Deeney with a number of forwards blanking last week and a dip in form for Ings and Vardy. I am looking at Troy Deeney. 6.3 million, 2.3% ownership, 34 points in seven games. And finally, Ben Mee. Burnley are back two clean sheets in a row and me has two assists in three games 0.9% ownership 5 million go rich great well it's not me it's Talkowski this side uh, looking again Burnley defence he's only 3.3% owned two clean sheets in the last two games and he's only 5.1 Southampton Bournemouth Newcastle giving potential for more uh, next up Ender Stevens, another defender proper pig uh, 5.1 million 2.6 owned great fixtures but has blank got a blank in 28 just to bear in mind. And last but not least, everyone's favourite, Mo Salah. He's the biggest scoring player in the game right now. Massive. Mm. Massive. And you and I, Rich, both brought in Mo Salah for the first time this season. Oh, triumphant. Oh, it's great, wasn't it's, it? It's those highs that make FPL worthwhile, isn't I mean, it? After the heartbreak of Mane being out, obviously I, I didn't triple captain Mane, but... Uh, I single captained, did. which was pretty painful. And uh, he, you know, got, got, a, got people two points for that, or... Six points if you captained him or triple captained him, I guess. Um, yeah, after him going, I was just like, oh, indeterminate return. I'm going to bring Mo in. It, it, I really toyed with it. Uh, I had to take a four-point hit to bring him in. I had the same, actually. Yeah, exactly but, the same. But well worth it. Well worth it. He's delivered. And, yeah, he looks... No, he's now the top-scoring player in the game ahead of yeah. KDB. And Norwich coming up. That's got to be good. 
Yeah, when he's hot, he's hot as well. He's kind of streaky, isn't he? It feels like he's the man in form. Um, and I think uh, probably Klopp will be slightly protective of Mane coming back. They've got yeah. big Champions League fixtures on the horizon. He's not going to rush him. No. The team's playing well, scoring tons of goals. On that note, actually, I brought in Firmino as well, who we tipped, who scored 11 points, which yeah. was excellent. He has started returning a bit more regularly now, but I'd still, I still, the price, I'm not sure I can justify Firmino. Well, this is this is a big question, isn't it? And maybe we'll talk about it a bit later when we talk when we look forward. But it's it's kind of who to fill that that void if you're not going for the the premium level Aguero or Aubameyang. Although that's a risk, I think. Yeah, yeah Aubameyang's definitely a risk. Yeah, his definitely. finishing was utterly woeful against uh, Burnley. Yeah, like, really had two really really good chances that he fluffed. We should say that we're recording this episode on Tuesday the. 4th of Dece- uh, December uh, February 4th of February uh, so there are FA Cup games yes. being played tonight uh, and tomorrow so if there are any injuries or things that happen in those games that we miss out on then sorry but tough luck Yeah, uh, we did also we should also mention that we re- managed to record last week's episode without a single mention of the transfer deadline <laughs> yeah that was a little a little, ne- a little negligent, negligent there but to make up for that I've had a little look into the new boys oh great um, see what they're all about yep did you see Bergwin's debut goal Oh, it's great goal. Lovely stuff. Yeah, really great technique. Um, Yeah, straight in the starting lineup as well. I thought thought Mourinho would kind of ease him in. It feels like I thought he'd play Lillamella and maybe bring off the bench, but straight in. Yeah, so Steven Bergwin, so he's 7.5 million. Yeah, worth a look at. He's number one in the form guide, understandably. (laughs) Uh, And then Samata at Villa. So he was one of only two forwards at the weekend to score. A goal. It was across, really? across that... the FPL. Wow. Only two forwards scored a goal. Who was the other um, for a bonus point? Well, I think it was Troidini, wasn't it? Did Troidini score? Maybe not. I'm sure. Maybe actually. not, actually. That's a good question. We'll come back to you on we'll that. Come back to that. Uh, and so, yeah, worth looking at him, definitely. Uh, what, Samata? Yeah, Samata. What, Samata? Uh, <laughs> very good. Um, then Bruno Fernandes. Eight million at United. Yeah, uh, obviously a United player is never guaranteed to perform, but he did have five shots against Wolves, which I believe is one of the most shots on target or the shots uh, yeah. across the board. So that's worth looking at. And yeah, he's then, one I think I'll definitely keep an eye on. Yeah. His numbers from Portugal. I know it's Portuguese. Portuguese lead are ridiculous yeah. in terms of goals scored. So I mean, all the videos I've seen as well. I know obviously those videos are just highlights. Yeah, but they are banging pretty, them in from pretty incredible. Box. And then Sanderberg, uh, mm. Berge. I mean, it's bittersweet with him because I it know. could spell the end of Lundstrom. It's looking bad. Lundstrom has been benched for the last two games. Um, and he does seem to play in Lundstrom's position. Yes. And he's kind of keeping him out of the side. He's five million. Obviously, he's not a defender on the game. He is a midfielder in yeah. real life, like Lundstrom is. Um, but possibly one to look out for. And I think a few few managers will be bringing him in already. Because five million for a midfielder who could score some points is nothing to be uh, messed around with, is it? Yeah, he's a direct rival to Fleck, who I brought in. Yes. Who then... Scored two points. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth a look, Sanderberg. He's very highly rated, isn't he? 21. It's kind of... Yeah, feels like a bit of a schema. So, yeah, I think from those... Um, there are some other players, obviously, that have come in. But those were the four I sort of picked out um, who looked pretty decent in their 
opening fixtures. Will you bring any in, Will? That's the million-dollar question. I don't know. So I need to... I'm I'm going to get rid of Vardy. It's yes. got to happen. Yeah. I think he's he's blanked for so many weeks. I have so much faith in that lad, and it really upsets me to, to get rid of him. Never but, have kids, strikers. Yeah. That's a little watchword for you. Yeah, it's so upsetting. But, um, yeah, my front three last week, Ings, Jimenez, and Vardy. Uh, Vaj. Oh, no, Vig. Jiv. Jiv. Um, <laughs> a, a combined total of six points. It's kind of Dutch, Yeah. So very disappointing there. Um, in fact, most of my points were made up by Liverpool. Yeah. I had Van Dijk and Alexander Arnold and Salah making up a total of forty-four points of my, <laughs> of my fifty-nine. So I mean, yeah, that's a fair chunk, isn't it? Yeah. Did you see um, the West Ham goals they conceded at the weekend? I mean, I, I saw one in particular, which was Glenn Murray. So he was ah, yes. the, the other forward to Of course, score. of course. Yeah. There we go, listeners. We said we'd come back. We, we and sold we did. our own Glenn our Murray. Own so for, for fans of uh, this show and for fans of Chris Skull from Quickly Kevin Willie Score, the uh, Big fantastic 90s podcast, Chris Skull appeared on this show uh, a few weeks back and he... Definitely doesn't know anything about fantasy football. He's, <laughs> he's not an active participant. Bottom of our celebrity league, and for the entire season has captained Glenn Murray to very little return. In fact, no return because Glenn Murray scored his first goal of the season <laughs> at the weekend t- against Chris Gull's beloved West Ham. So West Ham, yeah, of course, were what three one up were they? Three one up. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's relegation form if ever I saw any. It was uh, a particularly appalling performance by all accounts. Yeah, it's just uh, the goals were just so so grim. Mm. The um, yeah, the, particularly the own goal of Bonner scored where Fabianski punched the ball into the back of his head. Oh. <laughs> it rolled in the net, and, and uh, oh yeah, you know, it was it was painful. It, I think horrible. I, I was saying to a West Ham fan uh, today actually that I, I think the best thing for them is to get relegated <laughs> for the club in general. Oh, I think God. sometimes it. It shakes things up, and that club needs a shake-up. Well, it needs a change of ownership, I yeah. think, is what most West Ham yeah. fans would say, and, and relegation would probably be a direct result of that, well, path to that. Yeah. Right? Thankfully, they've got a really nice tie at the weekend. <laughs> Who are they uh, playing? At home. Uh, sorry, away against Manchester City. Oh. Lovely. Gosh. So that'd be nice for them. Yeah, there's a bounce-back ability there, isn't there? Yeah, we'll get back into the fixtures a little bit later. Yeah, so next up, um, we should talk about this week's Best of Worst Of, which I guess was somewhat inspired by a very special uh, message we got sent in from Daniel Sturridge last yeah, week. Yeah, inspired by Daniel Sturridge, but also we've got a, we've got a WhatsApp group uh, between the three of us, and... Whilst I was on my honeymoon, I don't want to go on about my honeymoon, but I obviously... You know Will got married. I was doing a lot of thinking about this podcast. It was pretty all (laughs) I thought about as I was laying on the beach uh, in my my speedos. Uh, Picture that. Imagine that scene, guys, whilst you're sat there on the tube listening Uh, to this. If I go quiet for a little while now, it's because I'm just sitting back picturing that scene. So whilst I was laying there in my speedos, oil all over my body... I was uh, imagining what future Bow Wows we could do. And I was doing my research, listening to other football podcasts, um, all of them. There's, I listened to all 5,000 of them. And one of them in particular that you might not have heard of is the Peter Crouch podcast. It's a little one. Oh, uh, he's the small guy. Yeah, yeah, the little one. 
uh, he talked about the fact that since he's retired, he went out with his kids. I don't know if you heard this, it and is, yeah. they bought some fish. <laughs> quite unsuccessfully, I think. <laughs> I think his son's fish died quite quickly, I didn't he? So, they, yeah. he put them all together. I'm not sure it was ever really well designed. I think the RSPCA would have something to say about how <laughs> he, he treated his fish. Um, but I, yeah, it got me thinking. Footballers' pets would be an interesting avenue to go down. Let's go down it. So fish, what's wrong with fish? Did, do you remember, uh, you might remember Stephen Ireland. Of course, yeah, the light bulb. Yeah, bless Stephen Island. There's, there's a great athletic interview with him that I think we have mentioned on, on this podcast. If not, check it out. If you're a subscriber to The Athletic, we will post it. But that is nothing to do with this. This is Stephen Island, who back in 2010 bought a 100 grand fish tank. 100,000 pounds. So the saltwater fish tank, which me- measured... 13 foot by 3 foot it stood 8 foot high and wow. it's believed to be at the time the biggest privately owned aquarium in Britain it comes complete with a mahogany cabinetry, cabinetry and leather panelling <laughs> um, when you're done with podcasting by the way you've got a great future um, in aquarium sales yeah. uh, it's a 6,000 litres um, and it was bought as part of his uh, during an interior refit of his five million pound mansion. Crikey! Made from plastic, not glass, so it can withstand a hit from an errant ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So an errant ball flying off the nearby pool table. So wow! There we go. Um, it's also um, that the, oh yeah, they mentioned that the uh, pool table has been customised with Ireland printed on the base, but that's not related to this. But yeah, it is home to 500 exotic fish, including yellow tangs, wrasses, and pineapple fish, and also contains half a ton of coral shipped in from Fiji. Oh, God, that's awful, isn't it? it? Shipping in coral, is that legal? I I don't know. I mean, the coral reefs are dying, aren't they? (laughs) So surely taking active parts is slightly suspect. Um, I'd love to see a photo of that. Yeah, I, I did find one, but I've not got it here, so I will, oh, will did post you? Yeah, it. yeah, we should post a photo as well. I mean, that sounds just like the nth degree of footballer indulgence, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, I found in my in my research for this, well, after I was lying on the pool thinking about it and how great it would be whilst I was oiled up, <laughs> I, I did think, oh, it's, this is going to be amazing. There's going to be mm. loads of footballers that have weird pets. But actually, you might have found as well. Yeah, there's not. They're very safe with their pets. It's just I was dogs, dogs, like dogs, isn't it? A load of sort of ostriches and you yeah. Know, Mark Bosnich had an ostrich. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, go with yeah. that. And, and uh, yeah, I, I love. I love. I the was idea hoping of for like snow, edu, snow edu with tigers. An emu. I'm just going with things that sound similar: Bosnich, ostrich, edu, emu. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah snow I, tigers. Yes, yeah, like Komodo dragons. Maybe a whale. Yeah. Did you see? Um, did you but, see uh, Marcello, his Newfoundland? He's got so. I mean, whilst no. most of the dogs are really boring, look at Marcello and his Newfoundland. Oh wow! It's like looking into a mirror. It isn't is. It? I mean, if dogs ever look like their owners, it's. I mean, I'd imagine the Newfoundland is probably bigger than Marcello. Actually, he's absolutely huge. 
Yeah, well, speaking of huge, do you, you know, obviously uh, Alexis Sanchez's dogs, um, Humber and Atom, they've got 168,000 yeah. followers on their own personal Instagram Their account. Instagram accounts are nearly as big as our Instagram account. It's, it's, <laughs> it's edging there, yeah. yeah. Guys, uh, if you're listening, please follow Humber and Atom at Instagram because they're trying to get to the same numbers yeah, as yeah. the fantasy football We hangover. like to support little dogs. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> golden, massive golden retrievers. Um, did you read about Mario Balotelli? I'm oh, sure he would have cropped up. Right? I mean, who else? I I love this. Go on. Rick. I mean, he yeah. So when he, just before he signed for Liverpool uh, from AC Milan in 2014, he treated himself to a micro pig. Yeah, a little micro pig that he called Super. Yeah, um, that he was very very attached Super Mario, to. I it think was, was the uh, association there. There you go. Uh, and he was two months old. Um, but then he signed for Liverpool uh, a couple months later in October, and he couldn't bring Super to the country, unfortunately, thanks to Italian. Um, what's the opposite of immigration? Uh, exportation uh, yeah. rules. Yeah, so he had to. He would have had to. Have, well, he did try to register as a breeder and then get a certificate of health from an Italian vet to allow him to fly super over. But oh. I don't think he ever came through. I actually tweeted Mario Bellatelli today to ask him Did whatever you? happened to oh, Super. Oh, amazing. Yeah, because I, I dug and dug and couldn't yeah, find I, it. There was no, no information. Yeah. I did really enjoy... There just, was a bit of a mystery around uh, Super's sex for a while. Did you see this? Oh, I didn't see that, no. So, uh, <laughs> um, super. It, super, it turns out, was a female. And how this was announced by Bellatelli was... Um, in a tweet that said, "Actually, can't find the willy, so I think it, it, it's a she. <laughs> ah ha 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 ha! But maybe a he. Ah ha 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 ha! <laughs> he is an absolute lunatic, isn't can't he? Can't find the willy. <laughs> you know he. Uh, what is I it? Love him digging around. He's like, can't pick. Can't find the willy. There seem to be several nipples on the underside. <laughs> this is a guiding principle for uh, animal gender. He also adopted two staffies while he was at Liverpool." which is quite nice from a oh. rescue centre he went and visited a rescue centre and he was so taken he, he adopted them um, they called them Luigi and Bowser which oh, is nice. quite nice uh, and he also already has a, really going with that Super yeah, Mario thing, he really it? is although he did have a Labrador called Lucky which is slightly, oh, yeah, slightly not, off theme yeah. but in fairness to him uh, there was a fire did he have a pet toad not that I'm aware or a dinosaur of. called Yoshi there's literally nothing I would rule out for Mario Balotelli no <laughs> Lots of Goombas running around. Um, but Matt, there was a fire at Manchester Dog's home while uh, he was there, or maybe after just after he left City, where 60 dogs were killed in a blaze, oh. which is fairly tragic. But he... Well, there was an anonymous donation of £150,000 to the centre to get it back up and running, and it's widely attributed to him. Oh, lovely. So that's, that's quite nice. He also requested his pet dog join him during the Manchester City FA Cup parade in 2011. That is nice. Yeah. yeah, whilst so, he's a so on, strange man, man. he's uh, yeah. Would you? I mean, we talked a, a while ago about footballers you'd love to spend a night out with. Mm. Would Mario Balotelli enter that fray? I think so. I think I'd need some reassurances that we weren't going to get arrested or punched or, or anything like that. I don't know. I, I think I'd need. You need a chaperone. Sort of, yeah, need a chaperone definitely. Yeah, maybe if Rob. I think it would get back. annoying after a while. Yeah, you probably need a good excuse, don't you? There'd like, oh. definitely be a lot of um, fizzing, like sparklers on champagne bottles. Definitely, and fireworks more widely yeah. generally. Did you see um, Arturo Vidal, who's uh, the Barcelona mm-hmm. yeah player, um, Chilean, I think he is? He's 
Um, he's a big horse fan. He's got a lot of horses. Okay. So that was another uh, another slightly alternative one. Yeah, I was, yeah so I, I'm I, trying I, to find something I know, else. It's so tricky. There's a lot of people with dogs and cats. That's well, there was um, previously on the show we've spoken about Joe Allen, haven't we? Joe, yes, of course. Mr. and Mrs. Allen, uh, who saved and yeah rehomed commercial birds. A total of two roosters and ten hens. Which the, is quite nice. The the account I had I was really holding out for after last week we had uh, English players abroad. There's there's a Twitter account for everything. So there's footballers with animals, which it's so um, good. The, the the Twitter name is F T B L L R S W animals. Uh, so at those letters, um, and it is an incredible account with just lots of photos of footballers with with their animals or with just general animals. So my particular highlights were Park Ji Sung on a camel. I saw that so good. And Pele kissing a tortoise. <laughs> I, I also came across this account and now I absolutely love it. I would highly recommend you guys all following it. Uh, my favourite was a picture of a former French international goalkeeper, Bernard Lamar with a llama. Oh, you've got to love Bernard So Lamar. good. He's dressed up uh, in some sort of uh, 90s R&B soul singer gear, uh, just leaning on a fence. It's very nice. Definitely I'd, check it out. I'd love for any West Ham fans to get in touch with me about this, because I, I distinctly remember, but I, it might be one of those things that I'm completely misremembering about Bernard Lamar. I think what did, had he got in trouble for dr- for drugs or something previously to signing? Yeah, he he'd had. Yeah, I think he was in possession of cocaine. Right. So I I I remember there was a song at West Ham, and I can't remember if I heard this on TV or Match of the Day or was actually there, but that was along the lines of "We've got Bernard Lama, he smokes marijuana." <laughs> <laughs> Which I like maybe it was lot, possession of marijuana maybe, yeah whether it's just one of those things that actually didn't exist uh, and I've there was definitely something about drugs that's why he left PSG and I yeah. think he was unattached to a club for a while kind of it was a good signing for them at the yeah. time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah West Ham fans but Bernal Lama with the Lama is exceptionally uh, good I mean what more could you want um, I didn't have a mass I mean mass is in the way of worst um, oh I can't yeah all of mine are worst they're always worst but one one that, that, that struck out uh, so Every footballer seems to own a dog. Every footballer under the sun. Uh, but Harry Kane uh, loves his dogs. Oh, he bless. posts lots of pictures of them all over his social media. Uh, the two things we probably know about Harry Kane outside football is that he loves dogs and he loves the NFL. So when it came in, came to naming his dogs, he named them after the two biggest stars of NFL. His dogs are called Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. <laughs> Which <laughs> just screams of a man. Host. Tom Brady! Yeah, a man Tom Brady. with absolutely zero imagination. Come here, Tom Brady. Come, Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady, I haven't scored. <laughs> He's probably spending a lot of time with Tom Brady at the yeah, moment. Yeah, probably. Um, well, that's good. I, I'm very sad that our footballers aren't more like American footballers with their pets. Because I, whilst doing the research, I found there were so many excellent NFL stars who have like pet snakes, pet alligators pet like that's what we yeah. wanted I mean yeah. come on guys where are the monkeys where are the parrots yeah, there, were I mon- want- there were monkeys parrots there were so many and I'm oh, so disappointed by actually that. I never came across this but do you remember the Brazilian striker Edmundo yeah I remember him. he had a monkey well, a pet monkey um, and he got in trouble I believe and this is unresearched listeners so forgive me if I'm wrong but he got in some, trouble like us. for getting his monkey drunk and making it smoke cigarettes oh no so Edmundo 
All right. Okay, we need to find out more about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Edmundo let's let's dig into Edmundo. So, if you remember any interesting footballers and their pet stories, please let us know on all the usual channels. Get in touch on FF Hangover on Twitter and on Fantasy Football Hangover on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. I've actually got a letter from our old friend Frank Lampard. Oh, fantastic. Let's uh, see what he has to say for himself. I won't do his voice. Howdy, gents. Frankie Lamps here, man of the people. Just wanted to send you a little gift, being such good chaps over the last few months. I know I haven't been in touch much. In touch much? That's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Yes, I like the uh, iambic pentameter of that. Yeah. This managerial lark is a lot harder in the Premier League. Managing Derby was a doddle, as we didn't play by the rules. Oh, he wrote, don't read that part out. Oh. oh. Uh, well, we, we can edit it out later. Yeah, you will cut that. Anyhow, just wanted to send you one of my novels. I've been writing some novels for the youngsters, Gen Z TikTokers, you know, the under fives. The series is called Frankie's Magic Football. The idea for Frankie's Magic Football came from reading bedtime stories to my daughters. Adventure stories are their favourite, and I wanted to combine my love for football with something that I could read for to them and that they would love too. Frankie's Magic Football reminds me of the stories that I used to like to read. Frankie's friends also remind me of the mates that I used to kick a football about with when I was young, as well as some of the players I've met during my career. So lads, I've sent you Frankie and the, the Pirate Pillagers. It's a real page turner. My old England chum, Wayne Rooney, said he read it in five hours in one sitting under the covers with a torch. Colleen made him sleep in the spare room though, because he reads out loud. <laughs> anyway, hope you enjoy the book. Let me know any reviews. That's fantastic. Yours, Frank. Oh, that's so nice. And we've got the book so right nice. here. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a full children's book. How yeah. kind of him. I, genu- you know I genuinely didn't know he'd done these. How, when did he do these books? So that, I, are they I, recent? I, I think, I think it, it's, it, it's, uh, if you look inside the front cover, there's a whole series. So I think this is possibly one of them. Maybe, maybe we the should The Rowdy think- Romans, the Cowboys Crew, the Mummy's Menace, the Knight's Nasties, the World Cup Carnival and the Dragon Curse... He sort of gave up on his uh, alliteration after yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit disappointing. Cur- Dragon Curse, Dragon. I don't know, drama. Um, <laughs> the Dragon's Oh, drama. yeah, so this was published in 2013. Gosh. Okay, so was he, he'd still have been playing then? Yeah, absolutely. Who knew? Player and, yeah, and a, author of uh, Piglet's Anomaly. Very novel. big writing, so I can understand why Wayne wrote yeah, it so quickly. Yeah, I think, you know, he's probably pitching up. Wayne and fans nice but how nice of it? we should uh, we could think about doing a serialisation yeah absolutely well we should we should well Frank thank you so much for sending it in as we, uh, well I say if you're listening as we know you're listening so thank you we'll we'll certainly have a read and we'll we'll, we'll go through our thoughts next yeah, week yeah it's available as an ebook as well so if you don't have um, if you don't have hands <laughs> I don't know what, why would you not be able to have a book I don't know why I said that if you prefer your books digital then you can get as an ebook. Consume them in ebook um, format. It's nice he's um, based the protagonist on himself. Yeah. Um, Frank. He doesn't. Me- I can't see that he mentions that he went to private school in here um, and that he speaks Latin. <laughs> it's probably um, in there somewhere. Yeah, probably. There's probably. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, um, oh yeah. In fact, the, the entire book's in Latin. Oh, of course. And yeah. actually, uh, I noticed on the back there's a little sponsored by Greg's Bakery, which is yes, quite nice. Absolutely. Um, and it has 
it's a little bit greasy to the touch. <laughs> but <laughs> but thank you for sending it, Frank. Yeah, it's really really it's kind of you. Dribble on it. I had a, we had some stuff from uh, Craig Redder's Redfern. Uh, okay, Neil's uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who uh, is in Australia? So it's nice to get some uh, correspondence from the other side of the group. from the future. Yes, yes, Redders, you'll probably read this in several years' time. Um, but he said when he heard the uh, when he heard Daniel Sturridge's note, uh, well, he seems to suggest that uh, Rob was impersonated. Never. No, it was Daniel Sturridge, but it reminded him of Ringo Starr, the narrator for <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay, yeah. He described it as sultry and smooth, uh, the type of voice that's been keeping young mums excited, and no doubt had said mums' minds drifting away. For half a century, while the kids watch likable trains toot around the track. Wow! So they, he said, "There's a career for whoever did that voice." So presumably Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. Uh, if the podcast thing doesn't work out, so that's Craig Redfern, who describes himself as the first Australian to bottle lightning. Okay. Wow. So thank, thanks, 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 Redders, for sending that in. Um, <laughs> we'll pass your feedback on to Daniel Sturridge, the yeah. real person who sent that. No. Uh, we also we, we seem to be getting quite a lot of WWE correspondence. Oh after, yes, you've touched a nerve. My, yeah, my dream time. So we had a had a message from Billy Anderson, um, which came through on on uh, direct messages on Twitter. Uh, so Billy Billy um, said to us, "What is he saying?" Oh, he said, "Hi boys, just thought it would be a great time to get in touch regarding some wrestling. I was a huge fan over the years, but have lost touch recently." Um, but did you hear the big news that Edge, yes, Edge, returned at this year's Royal Rumble? I watched the videos of his infamous entrance music entering the 2020 Royal Rumble. Needless to say, it gave me goosebumps. Anyway, keep up the good work, boys. All the best. Billy from Bolney. <laughs> Billy from Bolney. <laughs> Keeping up the uh, routine of us having people from alliterative uh, towns. Billy... Thank you for that. That's a bit of a spoiler alert, though, because I'm still back in 1996 on my wrestling oh, watching. Yes. I've only just reached 96, in fact. At the weekend, I got through um, the Royal Rumble, 1996 Royal Rumble. Fantastic. Which was e- excellent. If you haven't seen it, I can exclusively reveal that Shawn Who's Michaels the main won. Event? Uh, well, the main event is normally the Royal Rumble, actually. But course, in this yeah. instance, it was actually... Bret Hart defending his title against The Undertaker successfully defending it to line up a Wrestlemania between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart which I think you can agree is going to be exceptionally good Heartbreak break it yes so I've probably got a couple of in your houses to get through before I get to Wrestlemania (laughs) I'm watching through every single pay-per-view from Survivor Series 1993 it's a joy um, I'm, but it's an undertaking. Honestly, you do very well. I'm loving every second of it. <laughs> uh, it's been brilliant. Like I saw the debut of Steve Austin, his Royal Rumble debut. Oh, fantastic! Uh, at, at so weekend. actually, for, for for new or non regular listeners, this this is part of Dream Time, which is um, a segment of Will's life that Rob and I and probably many of you are very jealous of. So so Will's uh, former fiance and now wife <laughs> is, uh, is 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 known for. Um, her love having a lion at the weekend. So she works very hard, comes to the weekend, she sleeps in for several hours. Will's more of an early bird, so he Not has... Not just an early bird, just a normal person. <laughs> just a normal just a person. Normal person. I'm trying to do her a service here. Yeah. But um, yeah, so he often has between, I guess, what, three to five oh, hours? I would say on average three, max, like a really good day is six. 
<laughs> where he gets up, tends to tidy the house. His flat is spotless, for those of you wondering. And um, we, we love to find out how he spends what we know as dream time. Yeah, Which, like, I don't just tidy the house. I watch films and watch TV and play some games and yeah watch, there was yeah. there was a wonderful moment at Will's wedding where during his speech he he recounted probably the the hours he yeah. has uh, gained I guess yeah during dream time yeah well this weekend's dream time as I said was mainly um, Royal Rumble 96 uh, I can't remember I, I probably did some other household chores but Saturday I was brutally hung over so I actually didn't get up until 11 Wow, um, and, and and then we had a meeting with an estate agent. Did so. your former fiance arise at the same sort of time? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so dream time yeah, was limited. It was. It wasn't a great one. So speaking, yeah, speaking of hung, being hungover, we are back drinking um, oh, yes. after a dry January. I am currently on the strawberry and cucumber sour by Brick Brewery, which I've opened and and I did did say to Rich, does it matter as <laughs> I don't like cucumber? So let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're gonna get my first reaction. Mm. Yeah, it matters. It's, it's this very is live, uh, well, live it ta- sampling. It tastes like a pim- it tastes like pims, I guess. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I had one of those. The cucumber aftertaste is is slightly unfortunate, but it's all right. It's all right. I, it's okay. I had I'd, mo- I'd moved from a pale ale with passion fruit, orange, and guava. So I've gone for a fruity. Yeah, right. You've been on, fruity been on a morning. journey there. Morning? It's not morning. <laughs> it's not morning. Definitely not. And I'm having a Gypsy Hill uh, Ranger pale ale, which is rather delicious, I might say. Lovely. Uh, all right, that's Scotty Carson here. Honour and an F-word privilege. Pardon me language, but I'm thoroughly hacked off, thoroughly annoyed. Honour and an F-word privilege. Brexit, they said. The foreigners would be off. They're not. They're still here. I'm trying to get me place in goal. Number one goalkeeper, Man City. My agent told me. Two foreign chaps in front of me. Lovely lads, but they're foreign chaps. Brexit said they get rid of them. They're still here. I can't get me place in goal. Honour and an F word privilege. Freaking out. Pardon me language, lads. Sorry, lads. Anyway, spring hopes eternal. Hope springs eternal. Spring summer brings rain. January showers, all that. As a one little bit of hope, Liverpool FC, the current leaders of the Championship Premier League title, they have fielded a female goalkeeper. Alison's her name, so I flagged it with my agent. He's going to bring it up with the FA. Hopefully she gets sacked for playing in goal. Women aren't allowed to play football, as we all know. And then I, in I come to win the title, win the Championship's title. Anyway, lads, honour and F-word privilege, all the best. Oh, Scotty. Wow, Scotty. He's, he's a little bit detached, isn't he? Yeah. Modern society. I know. He's kind of living in uh, what what you might call the footballer bubble. The third choice goalkeeper bubble. Yeah, I I am. Well, I don't really empathise. I don't especially sympathise with him all the time, but I do feel sad. Yeah, I feel sad for Scotty. Like his tone has changed remarkably. Mm. It's you know he's obviously built. All his hopes around... Brexit. He was really Brexit. ready for Brexit and getting rid of the foreigners and it just hasn't happened. I mean, it might be a thing... They're still here. You know, reflected across society. Yeah. That feeling of Christmas. I'm not going to break it to him that Alison's not a woman. Yeah, I don't think we should. It's not our place. But, um... Great, he's still standing stuff here. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks so much, Scotty. Yeah. We I should... Know, um, I still don't know why he sends it to us, but... No, I, I know. He's, he's just... I mean, I think we're an outlet. Maybe, yeah. you know, it probably saves him a fortune in therapy. Yeah, yeah, fine. Keep sending it, Scotty. We love you, uh, in a way. So, our leagues. Let's talk about them. Yes. Our celebrity. So, for new listeners, we have uh, the All-Star Fantasy Football Hangover League, uh, which is filled with pot-packing celebrities. 
Um, and we do a little roundup each week. So this week, um, the team at the top is still Salt and Pepe, which is uh, Jack and Barney Whitehall. Yeah. They've gone from strength and strength. They've extended their lead over Kelly Summers to 53 points. But apparently, there's a handsome hunk and FPL guru by the name of Richard William Clark bearing down on second. And he's narrowed the gap to 31 oh, really? points. Yeah. So, yeah. Keep an eye on that. You're in with a shout. Might you? even overtake the uh, very brilliant Kelly Summers. It has, yeah, I mean, it's been very much between Kelly and uh, Kelly and Jack all season. Yeah, all season. So. And Jack, they, Jack and Barney have been absolutely flying. At the bottom, no change. Crystal is still there, but he has narrowed the gap to 230 points. Yes, easily <laughs> achievable. Could, could this be the start G- given of Glenn Murray's, Given Glenn Murray's form... Um, it's looking good for him. But yeah, if he starts more games, he yeah, might even score more absolutely. goals. Absolutely, he's he's on fire at the moment. But in our in our regular league, uh, which do do sign up, the uh, mini league code is CC, CC now eight. Excellent synchronisation. Um, Joffa and his magic mushrooms are still top. They got sixty two points, and it moves them to two thousand one hundred and eighty sixth in the game overall yeah. of over seven million participants. So that's pretty impressive. I noticed that Joffa has changed his name on the game to Joffa L FPL Take the Hit YouTube. Just oh. to promote. <laughs> um, also, our, our mate FPL Penguin has changed his uh, username to, Cal- to Calvin Rostron FPL Penguin YouTube. Uh, good work. Good promotion from those maybe, guys. Maybe we should do the same, Will, as we're, we're you know, bothering the top Quite possibly. 200,000. Quite possibly. Um, at the bottom, uh, well, not at the bottom actually, but our old friends, Pozzo, uh, well, Pozzo Boys team, 3D Boys, um, they're second bottom. But this week they scored 10 points. Wow. With a maybe record number of players who scored zero. They had eight players in their squad who uh, brought a zero return. Wow. But they're still 19 points off the bottom ahead of um, Tuscaverini FC. So yeah, a difficult week for them potentially. Uh, maybe a zombie side. I can't tell. Sorts of injuries. Uh, they did captain Abamyang, who was freshly back from suspension. So maybe there's activity. Yeah. Well, you can go through the records and see, but I'm not going to bother. Yeah. Fair enough. Can't be bothered. Um, so do yeah, join in if you if you want to take part. For my captain this week. Yeah. 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 For my captain this week. Fancy football captain Robert Firmino at Liverpool or Pierre Omerick Abamyang at Arsenal. Abamyang because he's Arsenal. And why? So, Tom, who are you going to choose? Do you think you'll score more goals? I think so. Okay, we'll take that. Thanks, Tom. Bye. Well, hang on. You, there were multiple children there. There were, there were three children. Three children, there. and they all picked different people. Well, originally the question was posed to Tom. Okay, but his fine. two mates they jumped in. into the conversation and uh, were very vehement in picking Abamyang. 
But uh, so Tom Robb, a little marginalised. So I thought I'd give him his voice. Well done, well done. Um, so tell us about Tom. How old is Tom? Tom is seven years old. He's from Hackney in London, and uh, he actually has just started playing. Or he, well, he says his dad is waiting for an email from the Premier League site so he can activate his FPL team. Oh. And he's very excited about picking it. And so I told him about the podcast, and he's, yeah, he, he, he's very excited about getting started. Maybe next season we should do a FPL Juniors League where we just have a, t- a league made up of toddlers. I mean, he was talking about the team he was going to pick. And That's it, actually quite a good idea. It did sound like wildly more than 100 million. Well, fine. I, I think he hasn't quite got yeah. that bit, but the team he was going to pick sounds like it would win the league. Perfect. So thanks, thank you, Tom. So uh, rounding up the toddlers from last time, uh, before uh, Tom's prediction for this weekend, the current score is 13-10. Uh, we had two-year-old Joel from Essex on the show who picked Salah mainly because he had curly hair and a curly beard. Looked like Bagheera or Blue. He looked like Bagheera or Blue, uh, ahead of Aguero, um, who played against Spurs. So it was a massive 16 points to two victory. Yes, it was very it was very much like me against Rob, actually. <laughs> Rob, Rob picked Aguero as captain, I picked Salah, and... Uh, Rob's not here today, so uh, wonder why that yes. is. Yeah, in your face, Rob. He's embarrassed. Yeah, embarrassed C- by his performance. Couldn't possibly walk into the fantasy football hangover studio with, with his head held high. It's disgusting. So the toddlers are well ahead now. Four point. Uh, yeah, four points clear. And, yeah, fourteen ten. They're up. And I suspect uh, Firmino may well outperform Aubameyang. You got Firmino away at Norwich and Aubameyang at home to Newcastle. So. Yeah, wait and see. And of course, it's the the rather confusing as we touched on uh, yes. earlier. It's the rather confusing winter break week. So the fixtures are across two weekends. Um, so they start on Saturday with an early kickoff against Everton and Crystal Palace, and then they end Monday the seventeenth of February uh, between Chelsea and Man United. So it's there are 10 games it's all the regular stuff but they're split across two weekends to allow clubs a bit of a break um, which I is don't like it. Um, I would like a break as a fan That's, I think the, the clubs all have relative amounts of rest but for those of us trying to hold down a job and a family life two weeks off football uh, goes a long way What I don't understand it though because like Southampton, Burnley, Norwich, Liverpool, Villa, Tottenham, Arsenal, Newcastle, Chelsea, Man U they only have a week's break because they all play next. They all play the weekend after next anyway. Yeah, so it's not really so much of a break, is so, it? T- so ten of the teams get a two-week break, but ten of the teams get a one-week break. What? Yeah, it, it seems bizarre to me. But um, what you can probably read from it is that every single game is televised by BT Sport or uh, Sky Sports. So there is some commercial thinking to this scenario I suspect what would be very frustrating is if your captain was playing in the final fixture of the game week Chelsea versus Manchester United on Monday the 17th February yeah having to wait all that time yeah it's it's an absolute mess for an FPL manager it is I, I yeah I hate it when it stretches beyond Saturday, Sunday if there's a Friday and a Monday game yeah I really hate that so it, was this, it was hard enough when it was the double game week with Liverpool playing yeah you know over Thursday. a week but this is I mean I, I can't get my head around this maybe there's some Champions League implications potentially 
I honestly, it, it makes no sense to me, but I'm sure that there's some logic behind it. I'm just only just staring at this and not really fully <laughs> contemplating it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't like it. But have you got any thoughts? Have you got any tactics? You're making transfers this week, Will? Yeah, well, I'm going to get rid of Vardy, I think. Yeah, that's um, exactly the same on my agenda, but I can't decide who to bring in for him. Yeah, it's I really don't difficult. know. I, I mean, I, I said I'm considering Troy Deeney. Yeah. That's kind of my, He's that's a strong kind of my look. Um, they're away at Brighton. Brighton kind of shipping goals so I think that's a fair bet but then I, I honestly don't know I mean it might be sensible to hold back I, yeah. I'm, I'm toying I think lots of people are toying with wild cards my, my suggestion would be wait until game week 27 because I just think we've got the blank in 28 as well yeah we? got four teams blanking so yeah there's, right it's not one. been announced yet but there will be a blank in 28 and then a double in 31 I think it will, yeah 31 be. or 32 I suspect yeah based on the FA Cup Replays and and what have happens there, so I would say probably wait a bit until there's uh, some more news. Yeah, there's there's definitely game week twenty eight already. They have announced there's definitely only eight games at the moment. Yeah, so but I think there might be even less. Possibly, so Man City, Villa, Arsenal, and Sheffield United mm. will be blanking in that game week, which is which is difficult. So I think a lot of people have got at least two Sheffield United players at the moment. Often Lundstrom and Henderson, yeah, or Fleck, Fleck yeah. and then Ender Stevens as tip this week. So I think I mean as long as your bench is strong enough to cope with three subs and potentially keeper as well, a lot of people will have Henderson. Arsenal assets, you know, they're they're really risky at the moment. Same as City actually, um, to be honest. Um, and Villa, have you got any Villa players? Well. No, I've not. I mean, Greenwich is very tempting. Yeah. He's always tempting. And you're I, thinking about what's the matter as well, aren't you? Yeah, I, I don't know what's the matter with you. <laughs> but I, I I, haven't... To be honest, the Villa fixtures, I've got Tottenham, Southampton, um, then they've got Blank, uh, followed, and then they've uh, they've got Leicester. So actually not, not particularly easy fixtures there for Villa. So I'm not going to look at Villa at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm sort of interested in maybe I'm, if I pl- I might play my wild card in the next few weeks. So I'm going to think about tempted. how that will work. I'm I'm, I'm just going to see how Jimenez Ings kind of carry on. See Jimenez, what I need to do. Jimenez is in my thinking. I'm also going to get rid well, of. Well, I've got him. I've got Jimenez. So I'm like, see if he. I mean, because he blanks last week, but he's he's been good. So I don't know. He's been in great form and. Um, I can't remember the name, but the Portuguese winger that uh, obviously Portuguese that the Wolves sign is very highly regarded, and he might take a bit of pressure of Yota. So I think they'll continue to create chances, um, and he is one of the most consistent strikers in the league at the moment. Yeah. So he's in my thoughts. Uh, Tammy Abraham's not. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Chelsea do there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Batshuayi or Giroud come back into the break because it feels like. Tammy Abrams just at that point where as a young player he needs a little bit of a rest to recapture his sparkle yeah. uh, and up front otherwise I don't really really know where the options are I don't know if Guerrero's a bit beyond me um, and also City are super up and down mm. yeah Aguero's not on my thinking at the moment I'm looking at Everton though yeah, Everton have got some nice fixtures they've been playing alright they've got Palace next um, Arsenal away but that's quite a nice fixture they've got Manchester United They've got Chelsea, but um, and then they've got Liverpool. But uh, beyond that, they've got Norwich, Leicester, um, Tottenham, Southampton. So they've got a kind of mixed bag 
Yeah. Um, but they're in, in an alright form at the moment, so I'm looking at a couple of players for them. I'm looking at Arsenal, as I do all season, slightly painfully, often at times, because the fixtures are pretty stunning. They do have this blank in 28. If you can cope through that from the bench, you're looking at Newcastle and Everton at home, mm. followed by West Ham at home, Brighton away, Southampton away, Norwich at home, Wolves away. Where you feel like there should be goals... I mean, Arsenal's chance creation all season has been poor and it hasn't massively improved under um, Mikel Arteta. But, uh, interestingly, uh, Gabriel Martinelli started at the weekend against Burnley. Um, so he put a lot of faith in him and Pepe dropped to the bench. Yeah, Alexander Lacazette cannot buy a goal for love or money and is desperate for a spell out of the team just to take the pressure off him. So I feel like... Martinelli may get a run of games. Yeah, I think you're right there. And at 4.5 million for a potential starter with great fixtures, he's one I'm keeping on. I'm not there yet. Well, well, if you want, if you want to clear up some money for Aguero or someone like that, it's not a bad. He's not yeah. a bad neighbour. Um, Leicester's fixtures are starting to get a little bit easier after game week 27. So game week 20, 27, they have Man City, but then they've got Norwich, Villa, um, Watford, Brighton or in quick succession so actually maybe hold on to Vardy I'm now, yeah. I'm, now, I'm, now I'm now panicking but I think I think your tip last week Harvey Barnes is a, a yeah, really good differential he seems so bang in form and Madison's dropped off a little bit Perez is up and down I think he he feels like the horse to back how did we get on in our tips last week did you uh, we did, did you okay so, so average for, we, we tipped Firmino who came back with 11 points yeah. we tipped Barnes who came back with 7 but then the, the others were uh, Jimenez Callum, Callum Hudson-Odoi Fleck and Wood who all returned 2 points so yeah average mi- mixed bag a lot, lot of forwards there so and, and we know that forwards didn't really score so. <laughs> yeah so get Glenn Murray in your team yeah Glenn Murray's our hot tip So, Will, um, did you have a favourite beer from the show? I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't the strawberry and cucumber foul thing. Strawberry and cucumber sour <laughs> from uh, Brick Brewery, which I, you enjoyed, so it's, I, I it's really, not for everyone. Really. I really liked it. It was very nice, and it's a very attractive can, which you'll, you'll see on our socials. Not for everyone. No, I like the Wild Beer Company Pogo, Pale Ale, Passion Fruit, Orange and Guava, all those ingredients. Lovely. And that was sourced from Sourced Market... Which is in many places, but there is a lovely one in St Pancras Station. And shout out James at Source Market for helping me pick out some delicious beers that we will post up on the socials. And you can go to Source Market and check those out uh, at Source Market on Twitter. And I'm sure they are available on Instagram as well, but I can't yeah. see their Instagram. If uh, you're oh, look, after. It's, it's uh, Source Market on Facebook. There we go. Oh, there you go. And if you're after some posh train beers, they're definitely very, 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 very good. Yeah, and they, you can also drink in. So if you're at St Pancras Station and you don't want to have to go to the Weatherspoons, yep, which is fine, um, you can drink there instead, which is really nice. Yeah, much. And they have some really good snacks. Big shout, sourced. Um, sourced. So really, all is to say, thank you for listening. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be... go and read Frankie's Magic Football now. I, although I need to learn Latin first. So. Yeah, you'll get there. Okay, fine. And just wipe off those pastry crumbs. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, See you bye. soon. Bye.